This is a CJSR podcast. Volunteer powered. Listener supported. Campus and community. Radio. Podcast. Podcast. Radio. Radio and and podcast. (laughs) Cakes. Cake. A store-bought cake. Are they all chocolate? What are they? Oh, there's yeah, there's a lot of complex flavors here. Twelve dollars, five dollars, and a homemade. Could they differentiate based just on taste? I'm hundred percent sure this is homemade. I don't know. What makes a professionally made cake? We sort of value um, our cakes by what we're putting into them. Hello, everyone, and welcome to That's Food on CJSR. My name is Bobby Kane, and I will be your host for today's episode. Here on That's Food, we are committed to revealing the story behind Edmonton's food one meal at a time. Today, we will be talking cakes. First, we will hear a blind taste test where my friends were challenged to taste the difference between different priced cakes. We will then hear an interview I had with one of the owners of The Art of Cake, Gloria Bednars and her assistant Christine Reeve. We discuss their experiences with cake and their thoughts on the differences between cheap and expensive cakes. Without further ado, let's take a listen into the blind taste test to see how my friends did. Thanks for tuning into today's episode, everyone. In this blind taste test, I blindfolded two of my friends and presented them with a homemade cake, $5 cake, and $12 cake. Their goal was simple. They had to guess which cake was which based on taste alone. For everyone listening at home, cake number one was the $5 cake, cake number two was the homemade cake, and cake number three was the $12 cake. Let's introduce the tasters and see if they were able to correctly guess each cake. Hey there, my name is Bhavi Patel. I currently go to RMC right now, studying aerospace engineering. My name's Yashri. I'm Bobby's friend. Are you excited to be trying some cakes? I'm excited. Oh yeah, I love cakes. Do you think you're going to be able to guess all three of the cakes properly? I'm ready to win this. Um, I don't know, you're a pretty good chef, so you might be able to confuse me with your cake, but one point for sure I, I think I can make. Alright, so now that we know who our tasters are, let's hear what they thought about the first cake. I just got a bunch of icing, but I can already tell it's like a store-bought cake. Okay, it's kind of dry. It tastes good. It's not too sweet. I like that, but it's a little dry. I'm gonna go with five dollar right now, like preemptively. It just tastes like a store-bought cake. Twelve dollars, five dollars, and a homemade. I'll say five dollars. Yeah, texture-wise, it feels really familiar, and I usually just eat five dollar cakes. So I, I'm gonna guess five dollars for now. Yeah. If, if something else blows me away, then I'll probably like. Oh, this could be like. You know, I'm, I'm going to say $5 for now. Just keep it in the middle right now. Interesting takes from both of them. Before we move on, I also want to note that our tasters were allowed to change their guesses after tasting each cake and that their guesses were finalized after they tasted every single cake. Okay, folks. Next, let's hear what the tasters thought about the second cake. Oh, what? This is much more drier. Hmm. Okay, I think this is the $12 cake. There's hints of coconut. I wouldn't find that. Oh, there's yeah, there's a lot of complex flavors here. Hmm. It's good. More dry. Maybe I just got more of the like the cakey part. 
And less frosting? No, this is homemade. This is homemade. These are brown flavors. I'm 100% sure this is homemade. I would, I would not find these kind of flavors in a store-bought cake in like the Western world, you know? Yeah, there's, oh, I forgot what it's called. Is it coconut or, I mean, there can be coconut cakes, but like this is much more subtler. Something that you just like, I can imagine, you know, something you add at home and you just sort of roll with it. I'm gonna say it's homemade. It's good if it's homemade. Okay, I'm gonna guess it's homemade. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty confident for now. It looks like the tasters got a little confused with the second cake. Let's hear what they have to say about the third and final cake. Oh no. This one feels hefty. Oh, this tastes like a $5 cake now. And we have to try some more. Mmm, foam with. Bruh, I can't, I'm not getting anything. Oh, that's definitely a grocery store frosting, for sure. But I don't know. Is it five or 12? The first one I ate was probably the $12 one. This one I'm eating right now is gonna be the $5 one. And the one in the middle was the homemade one. Kinda tastes like a five to me. It tastes like those cupcakes, but like cake version. I said the first one was familiar, but this is a lot more familiar to me now. I'm gonna have to change it now. Cause I said the second one was homemade. So maybe this one's a $5. And then the, one of the other two is a $12. This is the $5 one. I'm pretty sure now. What if I'm like completely failing at this? Maybe I just hype myself up too much, you know? I'm gonna make a fool of myself, but they're all wrong. Yeah, I'm gonna stop acting so confident because this one shook me up. I don't think I know what I'm doing anymore. It sounds like that third cake really threw off the tasters and their initial guesses. After letting them think a little bit more, I asked them for their final order of which cake was which. Let's hear what they came up with. My final guesses are gonna be, first one is $12, second one is homemade, and third one is $5. And that's my final answer. I don't wanna second guess myself either. Okay, the third one, was $5. The last one was $5. The first one was 12 and the second one was homemade. I feel pretty confident about the second one being homemade just because of those unique flavors. The first and the last one were pretty similar. So that's why, like, I know they're from the outside, those, those last two. I'm just not sure which one is which now. So overall, I'm like 80, 85% confident of my answers. Is that right? They were all wrong, weren't they? All right. Now that the tasters have finalized their guesses, I had them remove their blindfolds and showed them all three cakes at once. I then told them the correct answer to which cake was which. These were their reactions. I, I'm actually curious to know what, what they are now. So these are the three cakes. Oh, they're not all chocolate. That's so sad. Which one was the first one? Is it the first The first one is this one. Okay, that the looks second $12. One and the third one. I think I was right. Yeah, the third one looks like it's $5. First one definitely looks more expensive. And this one definitely looks like it's homemade. This one is definitely the third one that I had. That's the third one? Yeah, because that has the cupcake frosting. I recognize that anywhere. This is homemade, and that's the second one. And then that's the first one. No, wait, there's Smarties in there. Why? You don't have Smarties at home. Okay, now I'm confused. Oh, no, the last one was homemade, wasn't it? Oh. Okay, now I think, now before you even tell me, I want to just by looking at them. I think the last one was homemade. Uh -huh. It's a lot softer. Yeah. And there's sprinkles, which just, I don't know, it screams, these kind of sprinkles just scream homemade for some reason. The first one was $12, I think. Or no, the first one was the $5. And the second one was the $12 because it it's got the Smarties in it and the complex flavors. You didn't get all of them Oh, right? this is homemade though. You got the homemade one, right? Okay. They're switched. 
And their switch. That's twelve so the bucks. Force, the Black Force one is five. And the uh, yeah, the cupcake frosting one is. 12. That's some five dollar frosting, you guys. That's so much better. Okay, so the first one that you ate, the Black Forest one, that was five dollars. That was five dollars. That was five dollars. So my first answer was right. Then it changed to yeah. twelve. Okay. Your second one, so that one, the Smarties one. Yeah. That's the homemade. Cookie. Okay, so I was right about that. Oh. Yeah. And then the third one was the was expensive the... one. So that was really? A $12 cake. Really? Okay. If you went with the original, you would have been one one right, pretty much. Yeah. And if I went with my new after seeing it, I would have been all wrong. Hmm. Dang. So you went one for three. <laughs> I'll be honest, I think the icing makes a big impact because like yeah. the icing for the expensive one felt cheap, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And yeah, icing has a huge impact on the quality of the cake, I think. For sure. Even though I don't like it that much, it it does play, play a big difference. So, Not bad. Thoughts? This is really good. Thoughts? I really like the homemade one. I don't know why I thought they were all chocolate, but this frosting is five, four or five bucks. What are your final thoughts? Oh, this is fun. Like I definitely haven't, I don't eat food blindfolded at all. I think I should do it more often just because it makes me concentrate on the flavors a lot more. So I can definitely, there's like restaurants in like Germany or something like that where they look like it's completely pitch black and like, you know, you eat food in complete darkness. And like at first I was like, that sounds sketch because, you know, you don't know what you're eating. But like after having experienced blind eating, I think I should try it a lot more often just because I can, you know, really get a hang of the flavors. Do you have uh, any final thoughts about the experience? I'll do it again. Homemade one wins for sure. And second place, I gotta go to the, the, the $12 one tasted the worst. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be real. The $5 one came in second for me. And yeah, the $12 was definitely the worst. Feels bad, but it is what it is. Well, there you have it, folks. The tasters both were able to guess the homemade cake correctly, but could not guess the $5 and $12 cakes correctly. Huge thank you to Bhavya Patel and Yashvi Patel for being the tasters in this blind taste test. We will now be hearing the interview I did with Gloria Bednars and Christine Reeve from The Art of Cake. Let's take a listen to that interview. Once again, I'll just quickly introduce myself um, for the listeners. My name is Bobby Kainth. Uh, I use he, him pronouns, and I am a podcast host and producer for CGSR's That's Food. And today I am joined by two lovely guests from a local cafe and bakery here in Edmonton called The Art of Cake. Um, so uh, would you guys just mind introducing yourselves for our listeners again? Tell them a little bit about who you are and kind of what your roles are at The Art of Cake. My name is Gloria Bednars, and I am one of the owners of The Art of Cake. And this is my lovely Christine. <laughs> Yeah, I'm Christine Reeve, and I am assistant to the amazing owner slash head pastry chef, Gloria. Cool, cool. Sounds good. So uh, for both of you, actually, how did you both first kind of get into the whole baking industry? Uh, I grew up on a farm here in Alberta and uh, grew up with a family of, of people that baked from scratch. And uh, it just became a natural thing to, when it came to food, to be able to produce it myself in my own home. And uh, the love of food was very important. And the meals were, you know, everything from, you know, the from dessert, but to the main course, everything was always, you know, we either grew it ourselves, we baked it ourselves, we made our own butter, things like that. And so when you understand where your food comes from and how it's so important with the quality of products that you're using, you learn to love it. And um, that's really my love for food uh, came from my upbringing. 
Yeah, for sure. That's super interesting. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Christine, do you have anything you want to share? So I don't do any of the baking. I just assist Gloria on the like back end of things. So I take care of the website and that kind of stuff, but I watch them work and I've been here for almost two years and it's sometimes my mind just gets blown on what they can do and the things they make are just, it's so beautiful. There's times where I'm actually like, and then I taste it and it's just twice as good. So I've been very blessed to, to work with them and see what they do and see what they can create. So I definitely have a bigger appreciation for, for food working here for sure. That's amazing. Since, like I said, this episode's a little bit more focused on cakes. How did you kind of first get involved in the cake business specifically, Gloria? Well, I went to Nate. I took the commercial cooking program. Always wanted to be a chef. And um, I got my first job working at the Four Seasons Hotel way back when here in Edmonton. And the only position that was available was in the bake shop. And I thought, well, because they always hire internally, I thought I'd start in the bake shop and I'd, you know, when the position came up in the kitchen, I would move down to the kitchen. Um, But my love for pastry was the day I set my foot in that bakery door. And I just never left. I just absolutely loved it. I love the creative side of it. And, you know, just because you can work with colors and different flavors. And I mean, yes, you can do that in the kitchen too, but we have a tendency to make more pretty yet more elaborate things in the bake shop. And um, I guess that's where I, you know, once I had my foot in the door, I just never left. And it's been many years since. So um, just to make sure that was your first kind of experience, right? Yeah, that was my first uh, real job in the big city of Edmonton. Yeah. Coming from a small farming community. Yeah. Nice. Um, Yeah, the Four Seasons is a pretty big place as well. Yeah, it was back then. So what happened next kind of after that um, experience with the Four Seasons? Um, Well, I was there for quite a while. And then I decided that I needed to expand a little bit of my resume. And I went and worked for a smaller restaurant, um, Cafe Select, which uh, they opened up a a restaurant and bar, which was a beautiful cafe, not too far from Four Seasons Hotel, right on 101st Street. And uh, Worked for, you know, a lovely couple there, got some great experience and uh, it was, you know, a nice different atmosphere. You know, you were working with the bartenders, the coffee makers, all that kind of stuff. So it certainly was a stepping stone as to, you know, what I knew that I wanted to sort of, uh, you know, when whenever I opened my own place, what my place was going to look like. And so it was probably one of those positive experiences is, yeah, you know, that was a pretty cool place to work. The atmosphere with the people, the staff was fantastic. And from there, I moved on to a catering company uh, here in Edmonton. It was called Gourmet Goodies, uh, run by Gail Hall, who was um, iconic in the city. She's, you know, she passed away a couple of years ago. So it was a huge loss for the city. Um, But again, it was a different part of uh, the industry that, you know, the experience was so valuable and again, worked with some amazing people. And uh, it just gave me that whole round of thing of what the potential of your business could be from catering to the restaurant, cafe, to the hotel. So I just, you know, took in all the best from all of those different aspects of the business and uh, created a place now that were all those elements. Yeah, for sure. So I kind of want to start by asking about cakes that are expensive versus cakes that are inexpensive. So in your opinion, how does expense factor into the experience of a cake's taste? There are a lot of, you know, bakeries that could sell you an expensive cake, but it may not necessarily be a good cake. And I don't necessarily believe that our cakes are the most expensive either. I think we sort of value um, our cakes by what we're putting into them. You know, we go through, you know, cases of whipping cream, uh, cases of butter, tons of eggs. And so it's, 
you know, it's the products that we're putting in that you sort of come up with a base price of what you need to charge. And then when we look at customization of cakes, which a lot of people do, you know, they want some personalization on the cake that's going to reflect a piece of them or the person that's receiving it as a birthday, it's a wedding or whatever. And so that's where the additional charges come in. I often say that, you know, you don't really need a huge piece of cake to be satisfied, but if that cake is good, you know, that's even a better bonus because then that piece of cake is delicious and you want more, but it's satisfying to have one piece, right? I know as, as, you know, as a parent and going to people's birthday parties and having, you know, the superstore quality cakes and stuff like that. Um, my kids would always go, yeah, no, that's okay. I won't have any. And it was like, it was funny because I always enjoyed it because for me, it was different. It was different cake than what I made. Right. But my kids got to a point where they just got fussy. It's like, yeah, no, I'll pass, <laughs> you know? And, you know, I, I never really taught them that it was just something there, you know, they just realized that, yeah, you know, it's, it's it looks good and it looks fun because it's got some cute decorations and stuff on it, but flavor wise, yeah, they, they'll pass. Right. So <laughs> Um, it really is a personal taste. You know, some people really love the grocery store type cakes and they're not all bad. And it really just depends on what your occasion is. If you're just going out to the park and you, you just need a strawberry cake with some strawberry, you know, topping on it and some whipped cream, great, you know, go to the grocery store. If you're going to be sitting down for a nice dinner, you, you're invited some people over, you know, and there's six of you and you want a nice piece of dessert that will complement the beautiful dinner that you made. Well, then maybe that's when you want to go to a higher priced item and make sure that your guests are wowed by the dessert rather than, oh yeah, that was, that was okay. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with you about the whole experience with, um, I know like I kind of grew up eating store-bought cakes. So it was always that kind of taste that was unique to me. Um, you know, they, they really have their purpose. And, you know, I, I mean, there's moments where, you know, for us, it's Dairy Queen. My kids absolutely love Dairy Queen cakes, right? Because it's something that we don't make, you know, and it's different because they can have our delicious cake anytime, right? I always get funny when my, my daughter will uh, message me and say, mom, can you bring home a piece of cake? And I'm like, oh my God, you have so many sweets at home, but she wants me to bring cake home, you know? So, you know, I'm always amazed that she still likes to eat the cake, right? But it's great. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, that kind of leads in me to my uh, next question. So um, you kind of touched a bit on the ingredients and for sure ingredients play a major part in just baking the cake and the whole tasting experience. So again, I kind of want to ask, uh, what kind of ingredients do you uh, use on a regular basis when you kind of prepare your cakes? A lot of butter, a lot of eggs, <laughs> you know, so we try to buy things as local as possible. That's, you know, that's not always easy in what we do chocolate, things like that aren't produced or manufactured here. So, I mean, obviously we're not like, uh, you know, we can't go to the local grocer and get, you know, a slab of pork or beef or whatever, you know, that that's not going to happen. So there are a certain percentage of our ingredients that we have to buy from, you know, distributors that, you know, bring things in from Europe and, uh, you know, things like that. But we do always try to use the best quality ingredients that we can, but there are times where, you know, you're, you're at the mercy of the market. Um, obviously with COVID, we've had lots of shortages on certain items because you know manufacturers have had to close because someone's had COVID or whatever so there's there's been certain disruptions in the network for sure and I mean that affects all of us from you know from creating something that we might uh, might have been easier before maybe isn't quite so simple right now but you know again we just always try our best. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So uh, I know like you've kind of been in the business for uh, quite a while. Um, so has your ingredient choices differed since when you kind of first started out in the business? 
Um, I don't think so. I think, you know, one thing, because my husband is in business with me. Um, we both started at the Four Seasons. We were both at the Four Seasons Hotel. That's how we met. And, you know, one of the things that was really important to us was the quality of what it is that we were creating. And as the industry sort of evolved and changed and the hotels changed from having pastry shops to boxed items of savory or whatever, like they'd start bringing in their cases of pastries and stuff like that because they were trying to trim, you know, payroll and things like that. And that was a part that, you know, my husband and I were always like, well, it's not really the route that we want to go, you know, and, and we were like, we're almost in that, well, are we going to become obsolete as, you know, as employees, right? So you look at it, the overall picture and you say, well, how can I, how can I continue to do and create the best things that I know how in this evolving market? And we just said, well, I think maybe it's time that we opened our own place, you know, so we started small. Um, we opened our doors at a farmer's market, making things from our own kitchen um, to leasing a little bit of kitchen space in another business. Um, and, you know, we just took all these little, little steps because we never wanted to sort of expand ourselves further than what we were capable of doing. Um, obviously it was just him and I, and at one point he was the one that was doing the majority of the baking because I was still working a full-time job. And uh, so we did everything quite conservatively moving forward with our business. And uh, and now we, you know, we have, you know, about 18 employees. Most of those, we have about 10 full-time employees. So we have just been extremely blessed. And, you know, I think those values that we brought with us are why a lot of the people that work with us now are with us. Um, some of them I worked with at different establishments through my career and, you know, when they show up at your doorstep and they say, hey, you know, I, you know, I saw that you're looking for someone I'd like to, you know, I'd love to come work for you. It just means that what you're doing is right. And the relationships that you've created with these people is, is it's, uh, it's awesome. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I love that. That's amazing. Yeah. And uh, I don't know uh, if you will be able to touch on this, but I, I know you said that uh, you did a lot of baking when uh, you were living in Alberta. Um, so I kind of want to ask, do you have any kind of idea of the ingredients that are usually kind of substituted in maybe homemade cakes or store-bought cakes versus kind of the uh, professionally made cakes? Well, you know, a lot of box mix, you know, people will usually start with the mix to start. Um, you know, some people might use margin because they, you know, the price of butter, but, but honestly, I think, you know, uh, the price of some margins, I think it can really get up there, but, you know, I think probably one of the trends that's happening now is more of like the vegan or the vegetarian options. Right. And I think as, uh, you know, more and more people choose that, you know, lifestyle, which I think is great. I mean, there's certain times I think I eat too much meat too. And I, you know, I'd love to go that route, but creating some something from the products that are available are definitely a lot easier now than it used to be but uh you know it's really and we do have uh you know some gluten-friendly products in our kitchen we have some gluten or some vegan friendly products as well we don't have a huge number of them because if they don't really taste good we won't make them <laughs> so when we do add a new product it usually comes fairly slow because we want to make sure that i want everybody to enjoy it doesn't matter if it's gluten-free or if it's vegan if you like cake it's going to taste good and so that's what i'm always sort of looking for when we're when we're creating new products but you know I know again growing up on the farm we made our own butter so for us I didn't know what really know what margarine is what was right and so when I had it for the very first time I thought well this is so cool right but as you grow up and you you know whatever it's like yeah no I don't really have any of that in my house so it, it's always changing it's always evolving right and it's just staying on top of the trends and things like that and making sure that we have something that sort of satisfies everybody out there yeah for sure for sure Frosting is a pretty big thing. So I kind of want to touch on that as well. I love frosting. What kind of, what kind of uh, frosting do you uh, normally make? We have, uh, 
you know, we have a, a buttercream that I've been using for years and uh, again, lots of butter. And, you know, there's a couple of secret ingredients in there. People always say, was it Italian buttercream or is it this buttercream? Oh, it's, it's none of those. This is, it's something that my husband and I developed over the years and it's something that we've used. Um, it holds up really well if we're doing a five-tier wedding cake. It's not overly sweet. So the person that, you know, doesn't like a ton of sugar uh, can enjoy it, you know, so it's, it's that middle of the road. It satisfies everybody, but we can dolly it up by adding chocolate in it, make a nice, beautiful chocolate buttercream. We can make raspberries so we can use it. And it's so versatile and it just holds really well. Like I said, when we're doing a large wedding cake or something like that. And um, obviously there are issues when we're, we're dealing with extreme heat. I mean, that goes for any type of buttercream, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. And we make lots of it. So I think a lot of people are always so happy because like, yeah, oh, I loved your buttercream. It wasn't overly sweet, you know, so it's, it's good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that kind of segues into the next set of questions I want to ask. So I know baking in general uh, has a lot of techniques. Um, so I kind of want to ask you about the kinds of techniques that you uh, kind of use when you make your cakes at the Art of Cake, if you can share that. I think for us, what's most important is um, I love a good ratio of buttercream to cake. I find myself when you have a piece of cake somewhere and, and you got this big, thick piece of cake and you got this little tiny bit of cream. I'm not hugely fond of that. I like, you know, if I'm going to have a bite of cake, I want a nice little bit of cream and a little bit of cake. You know, I want that proportion to be just right. So, you know, it, it goes down really good with my coffee. So we're always making sure that that happens. And we're always making sure that the cakes aesthetically look at look pleasing. Uh, most of our decorations are handmade, uh, our flowers are handmade with modeling chocolate. So again, we're just always trying to be a little different than everybody else in town, just trying to, we kind of have our own style. And you just, you, there's just certain things that you like. And I mean, you know, I know that we don't please everybody's flavor profile or everybody's aesthetics, but we have a huge following. And those are the people that have come back to us when we've done, you know, the wedding cake to the anniversary cake to the baby cake to the, you know, where um, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, in a few years I can start making graduation cakes for some of these kids that I, that I made the gender reveal for, you know what I mean? And so it's a beautiful community that we have that have supported us over the years. And uh, I like to think that we're doing something right because they're still with us which is fantastic yeah for sure and the next kind of question i want to ask um what would you say kind of tends to be the most common mistake when uh making a cake at home or in general in the shop maybe um i think a lot of people don't realize that they've made a dry cake you know like between baking the cake and putting the cake together. A lot of home bakers might work on their cake for two or three days and not thinking that that cake is sitting there. I think one of the biggest complaints that we get from a lot of customers that are either gone somewhere else or had something at, you know, that someone else made for them, you know, like people are so awesome. They'll, they'll, you know, I know I can make you a cake, you know, I've got a little experience because they're trying to be budget friendly and so, but you know, unfortunately they worked on the cake for a week and the fondant is hard. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I think that's one of the biggest mistakes is that, uh, you know, this cake's been worked on for weeks. So it sat on someone's counter. Of course, the fondant's going to be hard because it's dry, right? And so we get a lot of people that come to us and say, oh, I, you know, I hate fondant. I hate fondant. It's so dry. It's disgusting. And I said, well, you know what? Fondant really isn't a bad thing. You know, it's just how it was applied, right? So I think that making sure that, you know, that you're not applying the fondant too early, that, you know, all of those things are so important. And I think, 
And again, it's just for, for me personally, it's educating my client to know that, you know, fondant isn't a bad thing. We do do a lot of buttercream cakes, but I can do you a fondant cake if that's what you'd like, but it will be fairly thin. The fondant's going to be thin and it's not going to be rock hard because we're not going to put it on two or three days prior to you consuming the cake. It's going to go on either the day before or the morning of. And that's just knowing the product and um, the experience, I guess, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So I also kind of want to change, uh, change a little bit of gears now and uh, kind of talk about the equipment. What kind of uh, equipment do you tend to use in the shop? Uh, you know, parchment paper is a must. It's an absolute must. If I had to pick five things out of my big shop that I would take with me, it'd be parchment paper, my turntable, my offset, probably some cookie cutters and my piping bags and tips. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, for sure. For our viewers who want to get into cake baking, what is uh, one piece of advice that uh, you would like to give them? Just have fun with it. You know, I think it's a great, you know, thing to share with your kids and share with your partner. It can be very relaxing. Some people can be very stressful. Don't stress about it if your cake's not perfect. It's really the enjoyment you had making it. It's the enjoyment, hopefully, sitting down and eating it with a friend. And the fact that you made something, you created something, just take away from that, that it was, you know, that you had some fun. And, um, you know, always, you know, think, well, how could I do it better next time? Right. But if your cake's a flop, I'm sure it still tastes good. Just enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's a really great answer. Yeah. But yeah, perfect. Those are all the questions that I had. Um, thank you so much, Gloria. It's been such a such a pleasure to speak with you about the differences between an expensive or homemade cakes and kind of the expensive professionally baked cakes. And once again, I want to say thank you so much for sharing your stories and thoughts with us and our listeners. Thank you so much for having me. Well, folks, that brings us to the end of this week's episode of That's Food. Today's episode was produced by me, Bobby Kane, with help from the That's Food team. Once again, I'd like to thank Gloria and Christine for speaking with me, as well as Bavia and Yashvi for being the tasters in the blind taste test. To learn more about The Art of Cake and what they do, you can visit them at www.theartofcake.ca. Our music is by Doug Hoyer, and you can find all of our episodes on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and on our website, thatsfood.transistor.fm. You can contact us at thatsfood at cjsr.com, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at thatsfoodcjsr. That's Food is produced at CJSR in Edmonton on Treaty 6 territory. But is it food? That's bad. Again, I'm not counting down. I'm not counting it down. <laughs> Wait, we're not.